Welcome to another episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, brought to you by The Good Success Group. We are grateful to God for your presence, participation, and partnership. And now, here is Reverend Greer. Dear God, we thank you so much for that song that perfectly illustrates uh, just how reliant we are upon you, how much we need you to order our steps, God. We can't make it without you, God. We, we don't have any confusions about that, God. We're not so arrogant to say that I don't need God to live for God. We need you every step of the way. Holy Spirit, we need you. Um, even as we come to this time in the word to, to, to give us to say what you would have us to say, God, and to hear what you would have us to hear so that we will go forth from this place and to do what you would have us to do. So God, we just thank you so much uh, for being willing and able to order our steps and help us to continue to be uh, sensitively aware of your leading guidance, just as we saw in our church school today with uh, Philip, how he was aware of this, uh, the way that the spirit would prompt him and move him uh, to go different places and to say different things and to interact with different people. And so God, we just ask that you would allow us to have that same type of obedience to do what is necessary as sister pam reminded us obedience is better than sacrifice and so let us always remember that all of the days of our lives in jesus name we pray amen, amen. um our scripture today is in ephesians chapter 4 um, verses 1 through 3 chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 this is ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 we are looking at the New King James Version. Sister Pat, can you see that to read it for us, please? I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Amen. This is God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God. Friends, that's what I I, um, I want to share with you today. I want to uh, preach and encourage us and teach and encourage us to, to walk worthy. Amen. That's what the song kind of got after today as well, that we just listened to Order My Steps. And so that's our subject for today, walk worthy. Um, as we know, this is our brother Paul, the Apostle Paul. He's writing uh, this letter to the Ephesians. Um, and so in chapter four, of this letter, uh, there's somewhat of a break in the subject matter because in the previous three chapters, um, he dealt with the Christian's calling, right? He, he dealt with our calling as Christians. Uh, he, he talked about and he urged believers to walk worthy of their calling. So it's kind of similar to what we're about to talk about today. But he talked in those first three chapters primarily about the position in which grace had lifted us um, uh, uh, up right, and so that that was the that was the the prominent thing, uh, uh, the position, uh, and so that's what's going on. The rest of this the book is uh, he's going to talk more. Uh, for, for the first three chapters, he just talked about the fact that we're we're Christians, we're called to live a certain way, but now he's going to start getting more into the practical applications. What does this actually look like? Right, you are a Christian, you are a believer, right? You've confessed Jesus after Christ. But and, and you live in grace. We, we we. But how do we respond to grace, right? How do we 
actually respond to what Jesus did for us? How do we show it in our daily walk? Amen. And so that's what he wants to talk about. And so Paul is making the case that our exalted standing in Christ calls for a godly conduct, right? If you believe in God, if you have a relationship with God, then he's saying that there should be some corresponding uh, conduct. There should be some actions uh, that follow that type of calling. You can't say that I'm a Christian and not show that you are a Christian. And that's what he's getting after here. Um, and so the letter to the Ephesians moves from the heavenlies in chapters one through three. He moves to the local church. He moves to the home and he moves to the general society in chapters four through six. So these closing chapters teach that we must cultivate unity in the church, purity in our personal lives, harmony in our homes and churches, and stability in our combat against the powers of evil. We've been talking about that a lot in October, these evil forces that are at work uh, uh, at all levels. And sometimes we can see them and sometimes we have to pray for the eyes to see them so that we can call them out and combat them in the spirit realm. Um, and so as one who was imprisoned uh, because of his faithfulness and obedience, there's that word again we've been talking about today, to the Lord, um, Paul exhorts his readers to walk worthy of their calling. Um, he does not harshly commend them or forcefully direct them to, uh, uh, to do what he's telling them to do. He's not trying to impose his will on them in such a way that is harmful to them. Instead, with tenderness and gentleness, he appeals to them in the language of grace, right? He talks to them very calmly and patiently, uh, like a father or a mother would, trying to instruct their children to do better than what they have done before. So the word walk is found seven times in this letter, um, and it is used to describe a person's entire lifestyle, right? We're not just talking about somebody's physical walk. He's talking about the lifestyle of a person when he talks about the walk. Um, and so a worthy walk is one that is consistent with the Christian's uh, a dignified position as a member of the body of Christ. Um, in every aspect of life, it is very important to show a Christ-like spirit, right? That's what we need to display to the world as we go out in the world each and every day. Uh, uh, this consists of at least five different things that he lifts up in this passage. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to take the time and discuss them one by one, but just know that they all are working together uh, um, to synthesize and order the worthy walk of believers individually and collectively. Okay, keep that in mind. Individually and collectively, we should be displaying and operating in these various facets. So, number one, he talks about lowliness. Uh, lowliness. That is a gentle, a genuine uh, humility that comes from association with the Lord Jesus. Um, lowliness makes us conscious of our own nothingness and enables us uh, to esteem other people higher uh, or above or better than ourselves. Um, that is not to say that we are down on ourselves. That's not to say that I somehow have a low esteem of myself uh, 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 it's not to say that, but it's simply to say that it is the opposite of being filled with conceit and arrogance, right? Uh, we, we, it, it's the idea that we don't mind seeing other people do well in life, right? We are happy 
And we celebrate when our brothers and sisters in Christ are thriving and doing well. That, that gives us joy. Uh, we don't try to put shade on anyone else in efforts to try to make ourselves shine brighter, right? I don't have to come and try to dim your light so that everybody else can look at what I'm doing. Uh, I don't have to try to call and bring attention to myself um, by putting you down. That's that. That's what we don't do. Uh, 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 we, we, because we know and trust and believe that if God did something great for them, he can do something uh, just as good, uh, right, and special for you, right? God can, God can move and work in your life. God can elevate you. God can reposition you uh, on just as the same as he did for somebody else, right? And, and when we are the ones who are excelling in life, we don't get puffed up in our pride, right? We don't look down on other people uh, because we recognize that we're not better than anyone, right? We're just as good and worthy as anyone, yes, but we're not better than anybody. That's that's lowliness. We always keep that in mind um, that, that, that we're just as good and worthy, but we're not better than anybody else. Uh, number two is gentleness. He, he lifts up gentleness. And that is the attitude that submits to God's dealings uh, without rebellion uh, and to people's unkind treatment of us without retaliation, right? This, this quality is, is best seen in the life of Jesus Christ. The creator of life and the universe was gentle and lowly in heart, um, not because he was a pushover, right? But because he was perfectly committed to showing love and obedience to his father, he accepted harsh treatment and suffered unjust torture at the hands of those whom he had created, right? He could have, these people, uh, he created these people, the same people that spit on him and, and kicked him and mocked him and tortured him and killed him. He created them. And so, you know, uh, as, as Bill Cosby famously said, I brought you into this world. I could take you out. If anybody could have ever said that statement, truly, it was Jesus, right? But he didn't, he didn't take that route. He continued to be gentle, uh, meek and mild, um, and he suffered this unjust treatment uh, for your sake and for mine. Similarly, uh, number three that Paul lifts up is uh, long-suffering. And so this points to an, an even disposition and a spirit of patience under prolonged provocation. Amen. That's the key right there. Uh, 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 you, you, and I saw this demonstrated the other day uh, uh, on a video that somebody shared on social media. Uh, it featured a little puppy and a big dog, right? The little puppy was barking, barking, barking incessantly at the big dog in, in, in addition to attacking or at least trying to attack uh, the other, the big dog. And the big dog who could have easily snatched up and snapped that puppy in one bite, patiently put up with the scrappy pup and, and let him do his best because uh, he know he was just playing around, even though he was probably getting annoyed. Now, let's be clear. Uh, uh, I'm not calling any of us uh, here dogs today, uh, but you have likely had to deal with somebody in this way. You've likely had to put up with somebody pestering you, right? Uh, 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 um, talking about you, uh, trying to attack you uh, in different ways, and despite what they did or said about you, you 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 chose not to inflict the pain and suffering that you could have with just a few words, right? You could have dressed him or her down. You could have cut them into with just with your words. 
or you could have put some actions on them, right? You, 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 maybe you was big and bad enough back then. You could have smacked them around a little bit and, and put them in their place as well. But you didn't do any of that. You didn't put your hands on them and you didn't put your words on them uh, that could have caused them great harm um, had you chosen to do that. Um, some people will say maybe justifiably so. You could have said or done something, but you didn't. Um, and through the Holy Spirit and because you know that you are clothed in the full armor of God, as we talked about last time, you kept your tongue and you held back, right? Uh, because you know that that God sees all and God knows all. Uh, and, and you know that he saw what they did. You know he saw what they said. But you also knew that if you would have come back and said what you could have said or done what you could have did, God would have seen that too. And always remember, I'm not judged by about what you do to me. I'm not judged by what you say to me. I'm judged by what I respond, how I respond, right? That's what I'm judged by. But that's long suffering. When you have that ability to withstand uh, that type of treatment, um, even when you know that you truly do have the upper hand on that person, uh, you just let them go. You let them go. You pray for them and you and you let them go because you know God God is going to deal with them in a way that you couldn't even deal with them, even if you wanted to. Uh, number four, bearing with one another in love. Um, that is making allowances for the faults and failures of others or differing personalities, abilities, and temperaments. Uh, and it is not a question of maintaining a, a fake facade of courtesy, right? We're not, we're not being fake uh, here uh, while we're inwardly boiling with resentment, right? Because that's, that's, just, that's just being fake, right? If I'm, if I'm on the inside, I'm boiling, I'm steaming, right? I got all of this anger and resentment that's, that's, that's billowing, billowing up. At some point, it's going to spill out. So it's, so it's not that. Uh, uh, it, it is actually... Um, being able to show them kindness anyway. It means showing them positive love to those same people who irritate you, who disturb you, who sometimes embarrass you, right? Those same people, you're able to show them true and genuine love, uh, 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 you know, because of this, this bearing with one another in love that's a part of your walk. Uh, we love each other in spite of each other. That's what it really is. We love each other in spite of each other. Um, because after all, we want other people to love us beyond our quirks and our limitations. Uh, and so we do the same thing for them, but we do it first. Right. I, I, I'm going to put up with you. I'm going to I'm going to bear with you in love because I know that this is just this is just a quirk of your personality. This is just a part of who God made you and created you to be. Uh, and so I'm going to love you and put up with that that weird thing about you uh, um, that I, that I deem to be weird. Right. But because I know I got some weird stuff, too, that you have to put up with uh, when it comes to me. Uh, endeavoring number five, endeavoring to keep the, the, the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace is what Brother Paul, Brother Paul says here as the fifth element of our walk. Um, and so in forming the church, God eliminated one of the greatest divisions that had ever existed among human beings. And that was the rift between Jews and Gentiles. Uh, because in Jesus Christ, these and other distinction, distinctions were abolished, right? We talked about that in church school, how a lot of these things that, that keep us apart are things that we instituted ourselves um, in different parts, in different times and ages and, 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 and uh, you know, different situations, uh, dominations and all of that kind of stuff. We put a lot of this stuff uh, up as barriers uh, uh, to keep people from being united in Jesus Christ. 
And so to guard against any divisions or, or, or smoldering animosity, Paul pled for unity among Christians. Uh, if you keep reading this chapter, uh, uh, we, we preached uh, from the subject a few months ago, we are one, right? And he started talking about all of the different ways that we are one in Christ. Um, but he said in short that believers should give diligence to keep the unity of the spirit, right? Because the, the Holy Spirit has made all true believers one in Christ Jesus, right? The body of Christ is indwelt by one spirit. Uh, and this is the basic unity uh, that nothing or no one can destroy. When we get united like that, friends, when we operate in that one spirit of the Holy Spirit, uh, nothing can come against us. Nothing can destroy us. Nothing can dismantle us as the body of Christ. Uh, we will be too powerful uh, uh, to those types of threats that come our way. And so to keep the unity of the, of the spirit means to live at peace with one another, right? Peace is the ligament which binds members of the body of Christ together despite their various natural differences. Friends, we are different. I know some people try to talk um, and think like we're not different, like there are no differences among us. Among us. Uh, and sometimes you hear like uh, people might say, well, I don't see color, I don't see race, right? I'm colorblind. And they try to use that as a way to, 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 to make the case that they're not racist. And I'm like, you know, that that's fine, that's good, but I, I want you to see my race. I want you to see my color. I want you to see my dink, my, my culture and the things that make me who I am. I don't want you to, to whitewash it or to try to erase it or ignore it and act like it doesn't exist. No, it does. But despite those different things, um, we can still be one. We can still be one united uh, body through Jesus Christ. He is the, the, uh, the ligament that binds us all together. And so when I think of this kind of unity, I often reflect on how precise uh, military people move together when they are conducting official business and the public is allowed to, to get a glimpse uh, 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 into their world, right? And so um, I've never been in the military, but I'm often drawn to and impressed by just how precise they move in unison when they're marching or performing a ceremony um, and so most recently, we got to see this on display uh, during Queen Elizabeth's memorial services, right? You saw all these different units of different military branches uh, working together, um, orchestrating together uh, um, to, to pay their final respects to the queen. And it was really cool to see um, how everyone knew their place. Everyone knew their role. They knew when to move. They knew how to move. Um, why? Because those uniforms that they wear demand uniformity, right? It, it demands that, that you move with a certain precision uh, on because you are a part of, part of this unit. And so although there are certainly differences uh, amongst those people, they have their own strengths, they have their own talents, they have their own limitations, right? But when it came time to carry out official duties, all that seems to disappear because they work and operate as one, right? We don't, we don't, we don't see... Uh, 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 all those different uh, individual things about those people, we see the one uniform and we see them moving together, united, right? And it was it's a beautiful thing to watch and to see. Uh, and, and so the task at hand, the mission that's being accomplished seems to matter more than any one person's agenda, right? Nobody's coming out there saying, man, today I'm gonna play this drum. Y'all gonna see me out here. Y'all gonna see me out here. I know it's the, hey, look, look on TV, look on CNN. I'm playing for the, the Queen's 
uh, 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 funeral services. Y'all gonna see me on there. Yeah, maybe if we look close enough, but if, if we're moving the way that we're supposed to move, I'm not gonna see you. I'm gonna see the unit. I'm gonna hear the band uh, 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 that's playing because there were no solos, right? That were featured in that setting, right? Everybody was playing together, operating together, moving together, working together. That's the same way the church has to move, right? Now we know if we be honest, there's enough flesh in every one of us to wreak havoc, to wreck havoc uh, 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 at our local church level, in our homes, in our communities, or any other place that God is working. Uh, if any one of those soldiers would have gotten out of pocket, um, that would have became the story. If somebody would have did something that they weren't supposed to do, uh, uh, I'm going to play. I know the song is over, but I want to play my um, trumpet a little bit longer uh, uh, so that everybody that would have been a problem, right? You know, you you would have been out of order uh, um, for doing that. That was not the place or the time to do that. And so we have to subdue and submerge our own petty personal whims and attitudes and work together in peace for the glory of God and for the common blessing, right? We're all trying to, uh, to live into the kingdom of God. We're all trying to add to the kingdom of God. Uh, and, and, so, and, and so in that, there are no solos. There are no superstars. We're all one team. We're all one body working together. And that was the goal of Paul's missionary uh, work was that the saints would, would walk a walk that was worthy of God, the God who called them into his own kingdom and glory. I want you guys, whether I'm there or not, that's what he was saying, whether I'm there in the, in the physical uh, um, aspect or if I'm locked away in prison, you guys should be moving and working together. It shouldn't matter if I'm there or not. You guys need, you should be uh, united in Jesus Christ and working together. And, and that's what you should be trying to do because we're trying, it, it's too serious. Uh, the souls that are being lost each and every day, that's too serious for y'all to be in here uh, uh, trying to get the spotlight on you. Put the spotlight on Jesus and try to call many people out of the darkness into the marvelous light. We saw that again at church school today. It talked about how uh, Philip got to running, right? He got to running to keep, keep up with the eunuch who was in a chariot and he was moving. And, and the spirit of God had told him to go and speak to that guy. Didn't tell him what to say. Didn't tell him what to do. Just say, I need you to go and position yourself where you can see and hear what's going on with this person. I'm about to use you to, to win for Jesus Christ. And so he did that, but he didn't just, uh, he wasn't walking slowly. He wasn't dragging his feet. The text says that he ran. And so we got to have that same sense of urgency uh, when it comes to saving the world, to making sure that people can see and hear us, uh, uh, to hear what Jesus is saying. Uh, uh, and never let us forget the fact that we have been made worthy through Jesus Christ, right? Uh, uh, we didn't make ourselves worthy. We didn't clean ourselves up. None of us fixed ourselves right? None of us got it all together uh, on our own. Jesus made us, makes us worthy, and therefore we should walk worthy for Jesus Christ. It's like the least thing we can do is to try to walk a walk that's worthy uh, of Jesus Christ because he did what we could not do, right? And, and friends, when we know our worth through Jesus Christ, we will not want to just walk any old kind of way, Right when you know the high price that Jesus paid for your for you uh, for your salvation, you don't want to just walk any old kind of way. Right? You you heard the old saints would say, "The places I used to go, I don't go anymore. The things I used to do, I don't do." You don't even want to do it. 
because you 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 know that that Jesus paid the ultimate price, and so you want to live up to that calling. And so when you have a think about it like this in the natural world, when you have on certain shoes, you watch your step, don't you? Right? You don't just go anywhere. Uh, 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 you don't just you just step out in anything. You you do certain things to protect them, right? My, we got some spray. Some of my shoes, I have to spray them against uh, uh, water damage, you know? So I don't even go outside in, in those shoes unless I know I have sprayed them because uh, I want to protect those shoes. And then you watch where you walk, don't you? I know you do because I do too. Uh, some of us are so blessed in this country that we have certain shoes for certain places and situations. Right. I, I have a pair of shoes that I only wear right now uh, uh, for the most part when I'm taking out the trash. Right. Because over there where our trash is, it gets muddy and dirty. So I got a pair of shoes that I use just to go to the trash. Some of you have shoes to work out in your garden or go exercise and walk on the bike path. You have shoes for that. Uh, and so if we do that with our natural shoes, if we take care of them or use them in certain ways, how much more should we guard? and protect our walk with Jesus Christ, right? You should do certain things, uh, not to say that we can't go places that God won't send us places, but when God sends you places, he'll worry about protecting you, right? He'll worry about making sure that you that you have the, the you know, the, the protection on there, the full armor of God, because he's sending you into some places uh, that could be dangerous. God will take care of you, but I'm saying is we can't just recklessly live our lives any old type of way because it will jeopardize our walk. It will jeopardize our worthy, our worthiness, our worthy walk, right? We got to walk a walk that's worthy uh, of Jesus Christ. And so we got to remember that we, all of us who have been saved through Jesus Christ, we are now considered subjects of God's kingdom. Now, at the present time, that kingdom is invisible, and Jesus is not here uh, uh, in the physical form right now. Um, but the moral and ethical teachings of the kingdom of God, those still apply to us, right? It, it doesn't matter. That's what I was, that's what Paul said, whether he's there or not, whether Jesus is here in the flesh or not, the kingdom of God's teachings and the ethics, the morals, all those things that should be guiding us, they apply to our everyday lives. We, we should be trying to apply them to every step that we take in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? God, would you be, would this make you happy, God? Does this, does this make you smile, God? Would you approve of this, this action, this behavior, right? This, this way of thinking, these words that I'm saying to somebody because they done made me mad for the last time, you know, would you approve of that, right? We got we to gotta ask those types of questions. Uh, when the Lord Jesus returns, though, uh, uh, to establish his kingdom uh, here on the earth, then it will be in physical form, uh, and we will share in the glory of God on that day, right? But, but, but until then, we still got to make sure that we're walking a worthy walk. And friends, you may have bad feet. You might have bad ankles, legs, knees, all of the above, right? Bad back that prevents you from walking the way that you used to or running as fast or jumping as high. You may have all of those things. You might even be somebody watching today that you've lost a limb, right? Because of injury or sickness or like that. But guess what? You can still have a good walk for Jesus Christ. You can still have a godly way of moving through this world, right? You can still have a worthy walk, even if you have limbs that have limitations, right? We 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 have we have been given uh, uh, we've been called to be righteous in our character and in our conduct. Paul says we've we've been called and expected to be blameless 
towards God and humankind. As human, as in most as believers, in most cases, our best sermon or the highest testament of our Christian witness is a holy life. Right, right. I think I heard some of you say that on, on some of our meetings before. Some of sometimes the only Bible people read is you. Right. Sometimes you're the only Bible that they that they've that, that they've ever encountered that they're ever going to read um, is you. When it becomes, as it leads up to their Christian conversion, they're watching you. They're listening to you. They're paying attention to you. They're studying your walk. Right, right, right. That's what they're doing. And so one way, that's one way that we know people. You can know people by their walk, right? I, I've been working in the same office for about 10 years now, and I can't see the hallway from my vantage point, but I can hear the footsteps of the people walking by. And oftentimes, before the person even enters my office, I can address them by name. Why? Because I know their walk. Like everybody has a certain rhythm and sound to their their footsteps, and I and I and I've picked up on them enough to know this person drags their feet. This person is a loud stepper, right? I know the feet of the people in my office, uh, and they and they know mine too. One of my coworkers, um, maybe a year or two ago. She she saw me on like a Wednesday and she said, hey, on yesterday, were you were you walking on this other part of campus? And did you have on a black coat? And I said, yeah, that was me. And, and she said, well, you were walking in the opposite direction. So I couldn't see your face. But I know that walk. You have a certain walk. Right. And so um, people that's one way we know each other. And, and what I'm trying to say, family, is that we have to have an unmistakable gate, uh, which clearly identifies us as followers of Christ, right? There, there should be something different about you on that job, in that community, in that family, uh, extended family that says something's different about this person. They, they've they been walking with Jesus, right? And I can see that. And that's why certain people come to you and talk to you and ask you to pray for them or, or tell you stuff that you're thinking, why are they telling me this? Why are they sharing all of this information with me about what they're going through uh, it's because they've watched your walk, right? They know that you've been spending time with the Lord and they know that if they, they ask you, if they tell you about it, you're going to go and pray about it. And they know that you serve a God that can do something about it. And so that, that's the thing. We have to have uh, 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 have to have enough, uh, 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 close, uh, close enough walk with Jesus Christ that when other people see us walk, they will be compelled to follow Christ with us, right? That's That's the thing. Follow, don't follow me, right? Don't follow Sister Ruth. Don't follow him. Don't follow you. You're we're following Jesus Christ. So you're if you follow me, that means you're following Jesus with me, right? And that, and that, and that's to say, don't think that I'm perfect. Don't think that she's perfect or anybody else, uh, because none of us are, right? And, and in and of ourselves, we are quite unworthy of God. We are quite unworthy of any place in heaven, um, in and of ourselves. The only worthiness that we have is found in the Lord Jesus Christ, for he alone lived a sinful, a sinless uh, 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 and a guilt-free life before his father and humanity. And, and through his humble sacrifice of dying on the cross for your sins and mine, we are invited and included into this loving relationship that exists within the divine community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have access to participate in that relationship because of Jesus, right? Because of Jesus, we can experience the peace and joy of God 
that was lost through the first Adam, right? He had severed that relationship, those ties. He he had, had forsaken it. Uh, but now as the children of God, we've been included again. And we are now expected to walk a walk that is worthy of the high calling, right? And you, you, you know this, if you grew up in a strong Christian home, uh, 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 or had certain morals and values that, that that were part of that home, you were expected as a member of that family to move through the world in a certain way. You you couldn't just do what everybody else did. I don't care if you were at school, if you were in the community, at the park, at church, your parents would tell you, I don't care what Sister Bobo did. I don't care what they did. What, did you, what are you supposed to do, right? Because you have a certain expectation as being a part of that family to move about the world in a certain way. And it's the same thing uh, 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 now that we have accepted uh, Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, uh, uh, we can, and, and the best way we can do that, friends, is by submitting ourselves to the control of the Holy Spirit and by confessing sins and repenting in our daily lives. That has to be a part of our lifestyle. We talked about that when we when we did our our, our Bible study on prayer as, as petition, and we talked about petition, but we also talked about penance. And the fact that we should be asking God to forgive us um, because we get things wrong sometimes. Uh, but like my daughter Gabriella said the other day uh, during our morning prayer, she she we take turns um, when we're driving to school. I pray on Monday, she pray on Tuesday, and we go back and forth throughout the week. But what she said in closing was, Lord, help me to do better than I did yesterday and help me to do better tomorrow than I do today. Uh, and I thought that was so powerful from an eight-year-old. Now, I don't know what she did yesterday that I need to have a second conversation about, you know, to see what she didn't got into. But I thought that was very powerful that she realized that she needed help. I need help to do better today than I did yesterday. And and, 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 and tomorrow I need help to do better than I do today. That's, that's saying that, hey, I'm going to probably mess up again today. If I, if I get into it and just, if I don't, if you don't help me, Lord, I'm going to probably mess up again today. And I thought that was very transparent and powerful uh, uh, from her to say that. And I think we can say the same thing if we're honest, right? I, I can't I can't make it without you, Lord. I can't. That's why we played that song, Order My Steps. I can't. I can't. I don't even know how to walk right before you, God, if you don't help me. I don't know what to say sometimes when people, um, like I said, they come at you the wrong way. You don't know what to say or what to do sometimes because if it's not for the Bible, if you're not reading that Bible, getting that word in you, right? That's what Jesus did when the when the when the uh, devil tempted him in the, in the in the wilderness. He had that word in him that he could come back and fight him backwards uh, and fight him down with. And we got to do the same thing. We got to get that word in us. But if somebody's watching today, maybe they're listening today. You don't know how to walk uh, on because you haven't been uh, introduced to the master. You don't have a relationship with Jesus the Christ. And so we know you don't know how to walk properly. You still need to learn how to walk. Uh, and that's only going to come from having a relationship with Jesus and and and, and um, relinquishing power and control over to the Holy Spirit, right? And so that's, that's the way any of us are going to make it. None of us are perfect. I don't care if, 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 if your grandmother has been saved for 50 years, she will tell you if she's honest, that she still has some things she's working on, that she still is not perfect, right? None of us are are perfect and perfect. And so, God, let us pray first um, for those who are saved. God, we just thank you so much for calling us 
we were walking very ragged lives and raggedy lives and just doing what we wanted to do and saying what we wanted to say, God. We were gossiping, God. We were backbiting, God. We were starting up all kinds of strife and envy, God. We were just quick-tempered and ready to fight. Um, as soon as somebody would, would, would say something that, that we considered to be crossed uh, towards us, God, we were just doing whatever we wanted to do. Um, in many cases, we were just doing what we've seen from the generations before. Um, we didn't know any better, God. But once you saved us, God, once you uh, brought us out of the darkness into the marvelous light, you put an expectation on us to walk a certain way, to live a certain way, to operate a certain way um, as we go about our daily lives. And so we don't say the things that we used to say. We don't hurt people and inflict pain unnecessarily on folks uh, 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 because we feel like we're justified to do so. So we thank you for all of the ways that we have made progress. But, but God, there are some other places where we still need to grow, God. Maybe we don't say it anymore, but we still think it. Uh, you know, maybe we don't do it anymore, but we want to. Uh, and, and so, God, we just we still have some spaces uh, in our lives where we need you to continue uh, to shine the light in there and to go in there and clean out those pla those places as well. Those cobwebs in our mind. Uh, we we ask you to go in there and to clean those things out. God, maybe we maybe we um, we don't engage people the way we used to, but maybe we still struggling with forgiveness. Right. We're still holding on to those things that they said and did to us sometimes years and years ago. Um, and so that's an area where we need to grow is learning how to let things go and to truly forgive uh, and move forward uh, in, in Christ uh, in a way that shows that person that we really have truly forgiven them. It's not just lip service. It's not just something we say, but then we still treat them, you know, uh, according to what they did. That's not real forgiveness. And so, God, we just ask for you to continue to work on us individually and collectively as the body of Christ, that we would walk the walk that you would have us to walk. We can't compel other people to come to you if they watch our feet and and, 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 and see us just living how we want to live. We say one thing, but then we live another thing. That's not going to be a compelling witness. It's not that we're perfect, that we don't get things wrong, because um, we all do. But what do we do after that? Do we, do we ask for forgiveness? Do we try to get things right? Do we go back and even tell that person, hey, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Um, they can that they can feel but when we when we are just living however we want to and we're telling them they should be living a different way that's hypocritical and that does cause people to not want to come to Jesus Christ because they say if you're living like that as a Christian why do I need to become one and so God we don't want anyone to say that when they're watching our walk we want them to be compelled to follow you as we're trying to follow you um, in Jesus name we pray amen and amen and so, um, and that so that that prayer was to our our, our friends who are already uh, believers. But maybe you're watching, maybe you're listening today, um, and you're not a believer. You don't know Jesus and the pardon of your sins. You have yet to accept Jesus as the Christ. Um, and so maybe you are walking a wayward way. But we want to invite you today to accept Jesus. And so we are disciples. We're not perfect. But we want to invite you to also to become a disciple. So uh, we have a prayer that we've developed here at the, at the church that we want you to, to invite you to pray along with us today. And it simply says, Lord Jesus, for far too long, I have kept you out of my life. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. 
By faith, I receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sin and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart now, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior forever and ever and ever. Amen and amen. And we believe in faith that you prayed that prayer uh, and, and believe it in your heart that you are saved, that you are redeemed, that you are a Christian, that you are a believer, and that you are included in everything that we just talked about. Um, but just know that you are expected to walk a certain way now. You're expected to have a walk that is worthy of the calling that you just accepted as a believer and we don't expect you to try to walk that walk alone because we've said so many times that uh, isolation is the best way that the devil tries to keep us confused again going back to our church school lesson today we saw a eunuch who was trying to get an understanding of god's word he was reading it by himself and he was having a hard time understanding uh what was written there but it just took one believer to come alongside him uh, and to express what God was saying to him and to reveal uh, what God was trying to teach in that word. And he became a believer. And so we want to say the same thing to you. Don't try to walk this world alone. Don't try to walk this journey by yourself. We need each other. We need to try to, uh, to help each other to understand, to learn, to grow and develop into the walk that Jesus has called us all to walk. Amen. And so make sure that you reach out to us. You can inbox us on Facebook. You can text message us. You can talk to anybody here at the church and let us know that you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior because we want to get connected with you so that we can keep learning and growing together for Jesus Christ. Amen. That's God's word for God's people. God bless you and we love you. The Good Success Group would like to thank you for listening to and sharing this episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast. If you have not already done so, please consider subscribing to this podcast so you can be notified of any future programming. And to sponsor future episodes of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, please click on the support button or connect with us via Cash App or PayPal. The information to do so is listed under the description for this episode. We thank you so much for your support and stay blessed.